This is Luke Walton Talks Lakers. I'm Jonathan Gilly, and joining us as always from our studio in Los Angeles, it's Luke, Coach Walton. What up, Coach? How's it going there, John? Uh, doing great, man. Doing great. How about yourself? Got Kobe here in the background, as always. His timing is perfect. He's all lined up. He's all geared up, ready to go. Yeah, he's a radio professional. That is true. You put? Do you put? Uh, do you put coffee in his uh, in his dog bowl before oh, the pod? Oh no, no, he doesn't need it, man. He, <laughs> his energy is all natural. <laughs> I want to thank all of our followers uh, that are listening to us right now and that have been listening to us in the past. Uh, please subscribe for the future on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and you can check us out at www.lukewaltontalkslakers.com to check out our social media. Media as well and uh, please share the pod with your friends and uh, throw us a comment on iTunes or whatever like that uh, really appreciate having you with us you should uh, sample the sample of me that you pulled saying the future the future the background over that when you said the future oh that's not bad Easter egg right it's like a it's like a sample of a sample back into from from the source right it's uh it's sample inception yeah, and I, like I, I've been trying to think of my music career kind of like the Marvel universe. <laughs> well, that's dangerous. So you're gonna spend a lot of time in Atlanta. No, I'm gonna exp- spend a lot of time explaining how this all makes sense. <laughs> ah, okay, but never really developing a villain until Black Panther. No, but it doesn't really matter because there's so many intricate folds of things sampling each other and wrapping back around to different various secret side projects and whatnot that. You know, maybe you'll just get distracted by the special effects. <laughs> all right. I like it. I like it. Um, all right. So, Luke, today uh, it's uh, post-All-Star break, 25 games left in the season. Uh, we're going to start off with just a quick round of in or out, in or out one, of our, one of our favorite ways to kick off the pod. So, Luke, first in or out, uh, the dunk contest. I can't even be quick about this. I'm so out that I have to spend just a little bit of time talking about what. I, okay, just first of all, whole All-Star Weekend out. Just the way that it yeah. was handled, especially the, the on-air on, uh, on commentary, like the color commentary, was atrocious. Um, and, yeah. and the only cool part was like the end of the game of the actual yes. game. Oh, well, and, then, and like, obviously great highlights. I thought the dunks were, I thought the dunks were great. I thought that, I thought that like the, a lot of what the players were doing was like actually fun. Um, you know, minus the defense. I wish that the all-star game was a game. It's like, why, why am I watching? If yeah. Not, whatever. It got a little better towards that's the end, true, but, true. but that, that's yeah. what it always, that's what keeps happening though. I like, I miss, that's why I liked Kobe in the all-star game. Is it like the dude actually was like grinding out there? And like, like dead staring people, and that's I don't know. That's what I miss. Dunking over Dwight Howard, exactly, or or draining the three and like LeBron. in his face while making fun of him. Like you know, yeah. I, I don't know the glory days. Um, but specifically talking about the dunk contest. This is what Dad says. It's, it was a little bit harder than you thought. Right? <laughs> yeah, but Pops made it look so easy. The words that were said after. Uh, one of Larry's uh, windmill dunks where he started behind the backboard. I'll pull the clip up from this so that people can hear it. Is quote, I give that a six in emotion. I want DJ Khaled emotion. There's the emotion you were talking about. Give him a six on emotion. I still want more. (laughs) I want DJ Khaled emotion. They were criticizing Larry the whole time because he wasn't, you know, being like Donovan Mitchell. And like, 
not 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 acting acting the fool like but that's that's what we expect now because uh Blake Griffin ruined the dunk contest. <laughs> <laughs> it always comes back to Blake. Yeah, I mean, the thing is like you don't invite Larry Nance to the dunk contest because you want him to like be a fiery personality. You do it because the dude can jump out of the gym and because he's going to reenact his dad's champion like his dad's dunk contest winning dunk. Yeah. Yeah, and you want because he's gonna he's gonna double bounce it off the backboard before dunking it. You you want like actual incredible dunks. Like if this was the late nineties or early two thousands, do you remember the atmosphere in those dunk contests? That was like it was electric. It was live. Like everybody was screaming and yelling. It was just it was like going to church, man. And yeah, or even even a couple years ago when it when it was uh, Aaron Gordon yeah, yeah, and. That was great uh, Zach Levine, yeah. you know, like that's the thing that bugs me. I get, I get Zach Levine. I mean, I, I get why they both didn't do it this year. Zach Levine, obviously coming back from injury and Aaron Gordon, I think just had a minor injury. I get it, but it still comes back to like the dunk contest. Isn't fun when the best dunkers in the league aren't participating in it. That too, of course. And, and also it's not fun when you're disrespecting these guys cause they're young or like, or when you just want the show, you don't want the actual dunk itself. You want somebody to right. be jawing after the dunk. You, right. They they want the pageantry, not not the actual event. Oh, and that's a deep windmill. Wow, that's I, a deep windmill. You know right what? There. You know what I don't like about it? I like the post dunk reaction. You can't be cool when you do something electric. Yeah. You got to be electric. You got to show it. You got to show it. And that dunk might get a nine just because oh, the reaction. he just walks out, walks away from it. Yeah. It is a degree of difficulty, it's cold, yeah. but we've seen it before. Yeah. We've Larry, seen guys do it. Larry so Nance And followed up by a 49. So Larry yeah. Nance Jr. in good standing to get to the final. And, and the thing that really killed me, too, is that the, so after pretty much every Larry dunk, except for the, the very last one, silence or criticism from the color commentary until they see the slow motion and then they're like, whoa. Yeah, what he did what? Yeah. Oh, oh yes. Okay, yeah. Yes, yeah. sir. These are one of those dunks you have to see oh, in yes. to it's like, dude, you, you guys weren't even watching him. You guys just weren't even watching yeah. him. Yeah. I'm I'm also out on it. And I think part of the reason that I'm out on it is because you can't have two two dunks where the player comes out in a former player's jersey and does that player's Dunk contest winning dunk. I know. I know. Like Larry, I think Larry's gets a pass because it's his dad, right? Like that's yeah. a it's a different thing. Yeah. Right? But for Donovan Mitchell to come out in the old school Raptors jersey and do like the the wrong direction spinning away from the basket 360 tomahawk mm -hmm. that Vince Carter did. Mm -hmm. Uh like And not as well. It's yeah, and not as like it's it's cool. It's a nice tribute. But it's like we already we've already seen that. Yeah. Show us something new. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't win the dunk contest on something that we've already seen done. And also, Mark right. Wahlberg has no place <laughs> judging the dunk. The dude is, like, at best 5'6". Go back to your hamburger stand, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> the dude, like, can barely even see the rim. Go back to Slingin' Burgers, Mark. <laughs> Go back to Bean Town. So, yeah, I'm... I'm definitely out and i think we need to change up the judges and have some people in there giving some commentary that actually like care about dunking yeah i'm with you um all right so our next in or out isaiah thomas two games in it's the first in or Ast out asterisk asterisk <laughs> was ejected for one. 
<laughs> I, I only played five minutes I, in one of those games. I have no idea, man. At this point, I really this is the first in or out that I really don't have any um like cogent opinion here. I it's been such a like that first game was totally bizarre because yeah, offensively amazing, uh defensively terrible. And um probably one of the reasons why we lost a game that we should have won. Uh so definitely out there getting ejected from the other game, but I don't think that was his fault. Like why, why, the way that it all played out, it just looked like the refs were just hungry to eject some people. And Rondo was definitely the person that was kind of jawing at him and getting him to that point. Um, so I, I'm in for the season still. I'm excited to see more, but yeah, it, it looks weird. <laughs> He's so small. <laughs> like, and it, it really feels like your whole team kind of has to be constructed to make up for his defensive uh, inability. And we just don't have yeah. the time to, like, this back half of the year to make him no, work. No, no. So I, I am hard out, uh, 100% out. Um, You're on the record now. I know. Oh, I, I want to be on the record about this. What, what um, do you think it would take? What do you think it would take for him to, to make you like feel bad about that take? Like, would, would it require? Oh, I feel bad. I feel bad. No, about I don't know. It. But like, like I mean, like. If he if he got thirty points per game every game through the end of the season, but you know still played that bad of a defense, would you still be out on it? Yes, because I don't care about this season. Neither does Kobe. I don't I don't care about this season. I don't care how many points he scores this season because in my mind, if he scores thirty points a game this season, uh. it means he's probably like a twenty five to thirty percent usage player, mm. and I don't want that because. I want these last 25 games for Lonzo to get to come back yeah. and get to get to lead this team and the young players that he's going to be playing with for the next two years, yes. right? I want Isaiah Thomas to fill Jordan Clarkson's off-the-bench scoring role. Right. That's it. Yep. And if he can score 30 points doing that, then, then great. That'll be fun to watch. Um, but I do not want him out there calling plays and leading the offense with the first unit or, or in crunch time. No. Um, the, the other thing, you said he... He probably caused us to lose a game we should have win. I will double down on that and say he certainly and uh, is in sole possession of the of being the reason that we lost that game. Um, You're talking about like, a winnable game, Mavericks. Yeah. And yeah, man. And and I I honestly think it might have not. I mean, there were so many players out that I don't know if it was really his fault. You know, obviously he's out there, right? Coach puts him out there. He's going to try to help us win. And unfortunately, they just like put out their biggest human beings on their team, who just trapped him all game, all fourth quarter. Did you see any of the edits where they like reduced his size, increased Dirk's size? Yes, yes. Like up to his waist. My favorite, my favorite was like the one with Lonzo, and then just Isaiah Thomas's eyes and headband. <laughs> and it's like the Lakers starting backcourt. <laughs> Kobe's like, D- stop disrespecting it. Kobe's <laughs> like I'm short too. <laughs> um, look, I f- I feel really bad for the guy. He's had uh, an, an incredibly tough year mm. with his with his sister passing. Obviously, he thought they were gonna back up the Brinks truck for him. The instead he got backed over by a Brinks truck <laughs> over the course of the last year. <laughs> right? Like I f- I really feel for the guy, but I I don't want him to. Uh, like, 
I don't want him to to change the purpose of these last 25 games to getting him money. Yeah, I'm with you. They should be getting our team ready for next year. Definitely. Um, okay. Uh, next one. Uh, in or out, Anthony Davis wants out of New Orleans. I think I'm in. It's, it's, he's just been there for so long. Uh, but at the same time, the, the injuries that have plagued them is just really unfortunate because I feel like we've never really gotten to see what that team is. Um, yeah. And uh, do you think that I, that hurts Anthony Davis's stock too on the free agency market? His his injury history, or do you think he's? I mean, he's he's crazy good. Like he's at his best, he can drop fifty. So. Yeah, I I only think it does if you're a dumb GM. Yeah. And there are some dumb GMs. Um, I think he's. I like you said, if they can keep him healthy, I think like not that I think he should go to one of these teams, but if he could go to a team with a training staff of the caliber of like the the Suns maybe a decade ago or the Spurs you know a little you know 76ers <laughs> <laughs> Hey if he wants if he wants to take every other year off yeah go play for the Sixers <laughs> They're on a one off one off, one for me one for you cycle right now <laughs> You can just pop in and out with Embiid they can just back yeah. and forth they can just trade. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, like like the Kentucky white squad, blue squad yeah, a couple years yeah. ago. Um, I, I don't think he wants out yet, but I think you can tell by that conversation he had with Rachel Nichols on the jump where he said he's he thinks he might be heading down path, the same path as players like Kevin Garnett that should have requested trades. I, I think he's getting there, but I think he also was really excited about this year's team. And I think, I think it's going to come down to, like, can they get Boogie back or not? I think if they can get Boogie back, then I think he's really excited to, to stay there and mm-hmm. ride that with him. Mm-hmm. I think if they can't, then I think then he's out. Yeah. And I think he's gone. Yeah, I think I'm with you. He wants I'm out. With you. And who the heck knows what Boogie's going to do, man? He's so hard to read. Uh, yeah. So hard to read. I know. It's tough. Um, okay. Last in or out, um, one through 16 playoff seeding. I'm totally in, but with some caveats, which we've talked about, I'd love for you to explain kind of your take on how we'd have to kind of shorten the schedule and uh, mess with the road games back-to-backs a little bit. Yep, yeah, so I'm totally in on the concept in general. We're going to take some time later to, to dig into the details of it, but I'm not necessarily into it the way that Adam Silver has presented mm-hmm. it, the compromise that he's presented, but in general, I'm, I'm very in on this concept. Um, all right, cool. So that was in or out. With that, we're gonna move. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a trip somewhere we haven't been in a little while. Oh, where's that, John? Luke, uh, hop on board, buckle in, uh, raise your seat backs and tray tables. It's time to depart for Lonzo Island. So Luke Lonzo is scheduled to return on Friday against the Mavs. Uh, he's been out for feels like forever. Uh, what do you need to see out of him over these final 25 games of the season? Defense, dimes, and threes. That's all I care about. Okay. I like it. I, I was hoping you were going to come up with another D I know. For, I, for, I, I, I panicked a little. Maybe you could have said, like, drop some threes. Mm. Defense, dimes, and drop some threes. <laughs> or you could have said, oh. it like, you could have said, like, you could have said, like, threes, but with, like, a, with a bit of an accent. So, like, defense, dimes, and threes. Or, or I could have been a little too vague and been like, defense, dimes, and downtown. As in, shooting from downtown. As in, I'm Mark Jackson, and I only have three catchphrases. <laughs> and, and they're all uh, like programmed into NBA 2K. <laughs> 
I wonder if I wonder if at some point they could just replace Mark Jackson with a MIDI keyboard oh. that Jeff Van Gundy just presses, Dude. right? And it's like, hand down, man down. Absolutely. Mama, there goes that man, right? Like all of his little... Absolutely. I, I think that that would be the clearest sign for me that we're in a technological dystopia is if Mark Jackson, like, passes away and, like, for the next hundreds of years is he's still, like, commentating every single game these canned computer-generated responses. I mean, that's essentially where we're at with them right now, so <laughs> not, not too bad. It wouldn't be too much worse. Um, okay, so, so you said defense, dimes, and threes. Downtown. So, <laughs> downtown. Okay. So talk to me about, about each of those. Like, what... I mean, yeah. they're, they're obviously self-explanatory, but just, like, what, what do you mean by that? I, I just want to see how... Cause like obviously he's grown a ton defensively and I wanted to see um how how you know kind of what his potential is on that end of the, the court and I think that that kind of thing is going to be really alluring to someone like Paul George like the only guy that's like getting yes. steals in the all-star game like he clearly cares yes. about defense so if you can show him like hey this is going to be a potent backcourt um and, and like same with Brandon Ingram he's got incredible potential as a two-way player um so if if he can be like, okay, those are my three guys that are going to be out on the perimeter with me, that's not, that looks pretty good. So uh, defensively, I want to see some more steals. I want to see him disrupt passing lanes and um, open it up so that we can get even more fast breaks. Because uh, especially like if, if Lonzo's able to get a, like a, just a clean steal where it's not even just a tip, um, he's able to like get possession of the ball after he's stolen it. And, and then that brings me to my next two points. It opens him up as the dimer and he can uh he can drop a cross-court pass um and uh lead the fast break and then pull back for uh to space and hit threes uh should the interior option on the fast break break down so i that's that's mostly what i want to see i care a little bit less about um his half half court game because we're like i kind of feel like we're not going to have many of these same players (laughs) next year or the year after so it's like i I mostly just want to see how he improvises and how he gets after it on the defensive end and can translate that into potent, quick, quick offense. Um, and he's already been able to do that, so I, I think that these last few games um, he should be a lot more comfortable and kind of chomping at the bit since he's been, um, he's been out for so long. So I, I, I want to see that intensity. Yeah, I think you said it uh, uh, like earlier in your response, which was the bit about... Paul George, I, I this to me is him like auditioning yeah. for these free agents. That's what these twenty-five games are to me. It's him and the team saying like, "Hey, you know," and it doesn't have just have to be for this season, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it mm-hmm. is for for guys because the thing to remember is that guys that are free agents, like not this off season, but next off season, yeah, they can be on the trading block, right? Yeah, so this teams right? don't let them go for nothing. Yeah, and so, like, there's also potential that, like, Lonzo gets traded for one of those guys. Yeah. yeah. Right? That he gets traded for Kawhi, or he gets traded for, I don't think Clay would make sense. I don't think Jimmy Butler, maybe Jimmy Butler. But, mm-hmm. um, so, in a sense, like, this is an audition not only to this offseason's free agents to say, hey, like, here's who you could come play with. It's also an audition to these other teams to say, like, hey, Here's a here's a potential trade partner for you. If should you want to unload one of these guys, 
uh, early and get something back for him. So I, I agree with, with what you said, and I think really this is, for me, this is what it's about. It's about showing what, what, what this team is and can be in the future. Where do you value <laughs> the things that I left out that I, I know a lot of people are looking to see growth on, like finishing out around the rim or um, creating like first step offense and kind of stuff like that? Where do you rank that? I think, I think that comes with time. Yeah, I think Brandon Ingram has shown us that. Right. And it, it, like anybody that's long, like Lonzo is, you know, he's got a crazy wingspan, six six. Um, like he's gonna be able to finish in the lane. He, it, it is clearly just something that he hasn't worked on as much. Yeah, I want to. So I guess the other things like that are that are less primary that I would like to see out of him, which I think we have, yeah. are um, his instincts, his basketball IQ, and just generally his ability to play at the speed of, of an NBA game. Yeah. And and I think he's done all three of those. Right, but those are things that you either can or can't do, and, and I don't think that time improves. Mm-hmm. Uh, time can improve those things, but you either have a, a serviceable level of each of those things or you don't. Mm-hmm. Whereas like finishing at the rim, you can work out a ton. Like look at Julius Randle this season, right? Yeah. You, you worked out a ton, and he's definitely improved his around the basket ability to finish in the paint. So yeah, not, not a high priority for me for uh, Lonzo at the moment. I agree. Um, so there was this report that uh, LeVar said that Lonzo won't re-sign with the Lakers unless his brothers are both signed uh, how do you think Lonzo feels about this when he hears it in, in the news I mean he never reacts but it, that can't feel good like talk about meddling in your career man Like the, this, is, this is where you're getting like money to feed your whole family like you've got this whole house basically that's on your shoulders now and your dad keeps risking it every single day like trying to drive a wedge between you and your coach trying to drive a wedge between you and your organization this is a classy organization too so like the lakers if it got bad enough they don't hesitate to trade people right they're like let's get this off the books i mean look at look at andrew bynum after he clotheslined jj barea in the playoffs (laughs) that dude it was just a matter of time till he was gone. One season he was an NBA champion. The next season he was broke down Don King. Whoa. That, he had a like meteoric fall. It was crazy, yeah. He also had a meteoric decline in quality of haircut. <laughs> and and I mean, he, he made so many stupid decisions. He went bowling with an injury and injured himself more. It's just like stupid stuff. But yeah, like yeah. Lonzo, Lonzo, don't, don't turn into that man like be yeah, I mean, to, to me it's to me it's like gotta be it's it's gotta be one of two things one is his dad is just crazy and Lonzo is just like oh my god dad like and at this point he's used to his dad saying crazy stuff so maybe he really is just like whatever it's my pops mm-hmm. but like one one response is like annoyed and frustrated that his dad is like saying these things that have no ground that are not grounded in reality mm-hmm. The other option is that this is actually the plan, right? Yeah. And Lonzo's like, Dad, like, why did you say this already? Yeah, yeah. Like, we're not there yet. You know what uh-huh. I mean? It's, it's almost like, it, you know, it's, it's like the, that classic line from Revolutionary War. It's like, wait to fire until you see the whites of their eyes, right? It's kind of like, he's like, Dad, you, you fired prematurely, you know? Like, huh. <laughs> it, it's it's one of the, it's it's one of those two things, right? It's it's, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say the other version of that <laughs> saying. 
<laughs> Shooters gotta shoot. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, it, it, it really does make no sense if that is your long game. Like I understand, like he tries to will things and speak it into existence, but it's a little early, man. Like, don't show all your cards if you're playing that long game. Like, hold a few to the vest and try to engineer that behind the scenes rather than tell everybody exactly what you're doing. Um, specifically with the NBA, because like to, to to hold a front office hostage is so different than subtly influencing them to have a really good marketing strategy. All of the Ball Brothers, right? Like there are ways to do that and frame that that could be really positive for the Lakers organization. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, to to be like, oh, he's gonna leave in free agency. Like no, man, he's he's got he's yeah, got well, forever on his contract. Also, right like. Now. And it, exactly, and it would have been like a year before his contract's actually up. So yeah. it's like he's a he's yeah. a he's and a restricted free agent at that point. So it's like there's nothing he can do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think part of it is like the, the the I think the problem is that like all of Lavar's speaking it into existence worked because of how good Lonzo was, mm-hmm. right? It's not hard to call your shot when you know it's going to go in. Yeah. Right? Like, if, if it, it's not impressive if Babe Ruth, like, points to left field and then hits the home run if he knows that he's got, like, a juiced ball and, you know, it's on a wire that's going to carry it there, right? And not to say that Lonzo is a sure thing. Or but, that Babe but, Ruth cheated. <laughs> or that Babe, yeah, yeah, not, not saying that. But my, my point is, is that, like, it's actually not that impressive to say like mm-hmm. my boy is going to go to the Lakers. Yeah. When you look at the landscape and Markel Fultz is better than your son and the Lakers are likely going to have the second pick. Right? That's not mm-hmm. it's not a very crazy thing to predict. So it it it's like it's like bluffing when you actually have a really good hand at poker. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. But now everyone knows your hand, and it's not good, and your bluff doesn't work anymore. Dude, I, I don't know how to, how to even evaluate the other two ball boys uh, based on this, the weird league that they're in. Like, no. I, it, it doesn't look like, it doesn't even look as hard as a weak, like, interconference, nothing team uh, in, in NCAA. I, no, and I think it's fine for Jello. I think they're really screwing with, with LaMelo's potential here because it seemed like he really actually could have played. Yeah. And we're not seeing him against, against elite-level competition now. We're just seeing this weird Facebook-streamed, like, semi-pro league it's like, with, their, with their family's logo on the court. Yeah. Totally bizarre. It's, it's pretty totally weird. Bizarre. Um, all right. Well, I think that does it for our stay on Lonzo Island. And... Uh, Luke, we're gonna we're gonna turn it over to you now for a second, and uh, we're gonna head back to somewhere we haven't been for a few episodes. And that is Coach's Coach's Corner. Corner. So, uh, Coach, put on your Coach hat. Uh, we talked about it a little bit, but can you go into detail on sort of what we've actually seen out of IT so far this season? Absolutely. So we've we've only seen two games. Uh, the asterisk. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, because of the asterisk, we'll have to focus primarily on the first game. Uh, first game, he, he scored uh, 22 points. Uh, I believe he had five fouls. I'm just going off memory here. Um, and that, I think that's a 
just those two stats alone are pretty indicative of the game that he had. Five fouls, he was completely over his head defensively, uh, looked totally lost on the court. It was just having to grab it, guys, as they were going towards the rim. Um, so he, huge defensive liability. Um, like you were saying, he, he cost us the game. I, it's hard for me to go that far, but it really looked like he lost us the game, especially since we were playing against the Mavericks, who are like historically bad. And somehow with his defense, Dirk was dunking and hitting threes and like had this little Vino moment. Um, but I really think the part of it was just because of the defensive rotation just wasn't there. And so Dirk was getting these looks that, you know, he, he doesn't even get at 49 years old or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I mean, obviously he's like a new player in a new situation, yeah. so you don't want to be too critical of him, mm -hmm. but like, when he was with the Celtics, like, I mean, that was a great defensive team. Yeah, and and they, they I, I really think that you need to go into camp knowing that, okay, so we're all going to have to get on the same page to make up for what Thomas isn't going to give us defensively. Like, we were four on five on defense, but... Yes. We'll, we'll have him have a really high usage rate on offense and be able to really carry us on that end of the court. Um, that's just not really how this team is constructed. And um, like I, like you're saying, we don't want to see him getting a 25, 30% um, uh, shot share. Like we, we, we don't, we don't want him to like be, be taking over the ball like that. So, um, and then let, let's, so, so that, that I feel like that's a pretty good uh, indicator of like what we're going to be getting out of this season, um, you know, bad defense, good offense, probably gonna lose us a few games, whatever. We're not really in the playoff hunt anymore. Um, but yeah, as long as he doesn't hurt the development of the other young guys. Let's talk uh, briefly about his beef with Rondo though in the second game. So the second game we played against the Pelicans and uh, Rondo was jawing at IT. Apparently, I'm not 100% sure that this is accurate, but the way it's been reported, is over the fact that IT didn't get a uh, tribute video in Boston for the Celtics. Um, and he was saying something along the lines like, they should only give tributes to people that hang banners. It's like, these are the Celtics. Basically like trying to be like, I'm more of a Celtic than you ever were, IT. And um, and then, you know, just hawking him on defense, doing all the usual stuff, kind of like what Pat Beverly was doing to Alonzo in the first game, you know, just playing like it's game seven in the finals in, the, in like a mid-season game. And uh, and they, they both got ejected and it was really silly. And so did Luke Walton, which was hilarious. I love see, I just love the way that he gets ejected because he, he does kind of do the Andrew Bynum thing because he always takes off an article of clothing. Luke Walton, whatever he gets ejected, you watch for it. He will always, always that. take off an article of clothing. It's usually the jacket. Sometimes he'll even unbutton a few of the buttons. Like, it, he's like the guy that wants to take off his shirt and storm off to the locker room. That's totally who he is, and I think it's hilarious. Um, I haven't noticed that. We should we should go back yeah. and try to find some footage of him as a player getting ejected. Ooh, yeah. And see if he see takes if off the jersey as he's walking into the tunnel. <laughs> See if this is a, something he's hanging on to from his playing days. I think it might be. Um, so can I just say, Please. through all of that, I agree with Rondo. Ooh. I don't think that he should get a tribute video. What did he do? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, look, it's, it's, it's a different circumstance because of what happened with his sister mm -hmm. and because of the way that, that they yeah, the personal. dealt him and, mm -hmm. and, and the way that they kind of botched handling his injury. Mm -hmm. 
But it's also like, hey man, like you screwed up my career. I don't want a two minute tribute video. I want my Brinks truck back. You know, it's kind of yeah. like, at this point, it's like, okay, what good does it actually do? And to Rondo's point, we're given too many tribute videos, man. Mm-hmm. People play one season. Like, mm-hmm. what are we going to do a Brooke Lopez tribute video next year when he's on some <laughs> other team and he comes back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Tyler Ennis isn't getting a tribute video in Houston. I mean, I'm not saying IT was like an MVP candidate, all, all NBA player last year. I, I know that those are not fair comparisons. Mm-hmm. But it's like, come on. Like, that should be reserved for someone special, right? Like, that should be reserved for... Uh, like when KD goes back to the Warriors or it goes back to Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. right? Like, or or if Paul George goes back to Indianapolis, like that that's a situation where you do a tribute video, you know? Yeah. Or look like when yeah, like just if you're a great player and you either were great consistently or if you were there for a short time, but yeah, we're part of a championship team, mm-hmm. like Rondo was, then I think you deserve it. Otherwise, no. Make your own tribute video. Yeah. There's plenty of them on YouTube. Yeah. So I, I don't. I really don't know how it how it escalated so quickly. I think it just is just the way that their personalities interact. As it, like 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 you're saying, what's what's the big deal? Like what's really the big deal? Um, yeah. But I it just seemed like Rondo wanted to get him ejected. I don't know. It was weird. It was just a weird moment. I, yeah, I was trying to think like what what beef do they have? Like have they ever played on the same team? They've I mean, Isaiah Thomas has been on a lot of teams that Rondo... Like, they both play for the Celtics. They both played for the Kings. IT's never played for the Mavericks. I don't think they've ever played together, so I don't know. I mean, obviously, these guys play a lot together outside of the season, right? So maybe there's some off-court stuff that we don't know about. But some uh, some Matt Barnes, Derek Fisher kind of stuff some, behind the scenes. Some Mr. <laughs> some Mr. Steal Your Girl stuff going on in the background. <laughs> that would explain it, man. It was, it was the whole... The whole even that, just that whole game was totally weird against the Pelicans. Yeah, it was, it was bizarre. Uh, and and we th- we also saw a, a moment where Josh Hart and Kyle Kuzma both looked human that game, and we can't have that. We're gonna lose any game. <laughs> like if 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 they both are scoring under ten points, we're gonna lose that game. Uh, at, yes. at just where we're at now. Uh, maybe yes. with the return of Lonzo, that that algebra will kind of flip. But uh, yeah, with it getting yeah. thrown out and the, both of those guys not putting up points, like. I, how are we going to compete, especially with that bad defense? Yeah. Like you just you can't do it. Yeah, yeah, you just can't. Um, all right, anything else on IT, coach? Um, I just got to see more. I got to see more. I, I feel bad for the guy like judging him after after these two bizarro games, like the one right after he got traded and barely knows any of the offense, and the next one he gets <laughs> yes, ejected. So, um, so I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see what he could do. But yeah, like defensively, he's a huge liability, and everybody knew that. But just seeing him on the court, he's so small, especially compared to the rest of our roster. Like pretty much everybody's six six on our team. So well, that's what I was gonna say is whether we did it intentionally or not. This team has been built to be able to run it like a a switching defense. Oh, I, I right? think it's perfect. I think it's totally intentional. Yeah, and and we can't with him, and yes. that's a huge bummer, yeah. right? That like I think that is gonna really affect our our defensive rating, mm-hmm. um, because even when Clarkson was playing, like Clarkson's not a great defender, but he still was strong enough and fast enough that he could switch on on. He couldn't switch on to like. Fours, but he mm-hmm. could play up a position if he yeah. needed to. He could definitely play down a position if he needed mm-hmm. to. And he and he had a I mean, elite I, lateral. IT is already playing up a position when he defends a point. No, exactly. And he, and he had elite lateral uh, agility. Like that's not yes. something that 
like, like I t- from all that shirtless sand sand training that he did, <laughs> all those those band workouts, those elastic band things. Yeah, no, I, I, I it it is definitely a huge downgrade, even from Clarkson, who you like you're saying is not the greatest defender, but. Um, but and 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 losing Nance too, like he was he was a real anchor yes. for our defense out yes. there. Uh, he, he we're seeing a lot more Brook. Yeah, we're seeing and Zubach. We're right. seeing Zub- I want more Zubach than and Brook. We will. We're seeing a lot of Brook. I want less Brook, more we Zubach. Will. We will, especially after that last uh, game. Like he he was the he was the only bright spot against that against the Pelicans, and and so yeah, yeah we're we're gonna see more of him because uh, because we. We barely have this whole season, and he's he's been developing with I the know. G League and looking good in the G League. So, I want to see more of him. Well, and it was nice Thomas to Bryant see too. him. Yeah, it was nice to see him have a good game because he was so bad in the summer league. I know, and because he like the few times that we have put him in, he's just been a. Tr- I remember like a three or four possession stretch earlier in the season where it was like turnover by Zubac, air ball by Zubac, like Zubac blocked. Turnover by Zubac. Zubac benched. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'm happy to see him actually like show what we saw last season, which is that he can apparently be this double-double machine. Exactly. And, and it really starts with the boards for him. Like if he's if he's getting rebounds, he's having a good game. If he's not, he's just a non-factor. So, um, yeah. it, it, And like it, the tip-in game is going to be his his bread and butter, just like, uh, just like uh, Vlade would like. I, I still You called that a long time ago that we're going to trade him. Train him to Vlade, the yeah. Kings at some point. Yeah, I see it. Uh, as they do, yeah, I see it. Also, uh, apparently Lonzo is pretty good at the uh, tip-in game as well. <laughs> oh, congratulations to you and your <laughs> fiance. I don't know. If you're... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, God. I had to. <laughs> um, all right, so with that, we're gonna move to our next segment. Uh, with that, we're going to move to our next segment, uh, Moneyball. We haven't done this in a while, so this is going to be a short one. But Luke, uh, I was reading a Lakers Nation article that pointed something out to me, and that is the Thunder don't actually have the money to re-sign Paul George. <laughs> please, please go go in deeper into this. So, so they it's why what 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 basically what's locking them up. Okay, so here's the deal. I mean, obviously, like, they can spend as much as they want. Um, it just seems unlikely that they will. So he- here's, here's their, uh, here's their sa- here are their salaries next year if they were to sign Paul George to, to his max contract. Okay. They have Russell Westbrook making $35 million. They have Steven Adams making $24 million. I didn't realize he was making that much money. Yes. Yes, he's a $100 million contract. Wow. Uh, they have Paul, uh, they have Paul George. who will be making like 30 point something million dollars next year. Okay. Uh, so right there, that alone is, uh, like $90 million between Westbrook, Steven Adams, Paul George. And that's omitting. (laughs) Hold on. Then they have, then they have Roberson still who's owed 10 million. Yeah. Now we're at a hundred million dollars. That's we're at the salary cap. Those four guys. Yeah. Then they have some other players, right? They have uh, Abrinas, Patterson, Singler, Ferguson, Johnson. Those guys combined make $18 million. And those guys are all, like, locked in for next year? Those are, Ooh. yep, yep. They're Ooh. on contract, no options. 
They're so, hard. Those guys would be hard to move to, to like just yes. do a clap, so that's, uh, cap clear. Yeah, I mean those. Yeah, no one's gonna want to take those. I mean, some of, two of them are expiring, so that might be better. Uh, yeah. But um, and so there's some team options, but in, in future years. But so that's like 118 million dollars in salary cap if they sign Paul George. And I still haven't gotten to Carmelo Anthony. Oh no, Mr. Anthony has an early termination option for $27.9 million next year. And there's no way, there's no way he's leaving that money on the table with where his play's at. No way. I, I mean, it, like, him taking this early termination clause, uh, him, him not taking the early termination option and, and taking the money is the, is the real-life equivalent to how he plays basketball. Huh. Which is like... Jab step, jab step, jab step. No time left in the shot clock. Chuck it up, right? <laughs> so, so like this puts them basically like over forty million dollars over the cap, and that's for the tax. That's double, so they're having to pay eighty mil, and then yeah, well, so there's a soft cap and a hard cap, and then it's over the hard cap that you pay gotcha. the, the. And I don't, I don't know exactly where the hard cap's going to be. I think it's like a hundred one fifteen or one twenty something like that. Yeah. but it's, it's still, still tens of millions of dollars right. in in luxury tax on top of a hundred and forty million dollars sal- uh, yeah, salary. They've been they've base. been hitting the cap for a little bit, right? Like, w- wouldn't they be a repeater yeah. this this next year? Yes. Get- yes. So this season they're at one hundred and thirty four. So they're pretty well over the cap right now. And do you remember um, exactly how that works? Where it's like if you, it's like some two or three years consecutive. If you're over the cap, you get an additional penalty. Of yeah, I don't remember the specific rules around that. But but basically, the point is, is like the penalty starts to mount, right? Yeah. The, the dollars out yeah. really starts to add yep. up. So here's the thing: the only options here, like for this, are. Uh, well, there's if they have a few options, right? Paul George could take less money. Not gonna happen. But, but here's here's the thing: like, even if he takes twenty million dollars, if he if he takes a huge pay cut, right? Instead of getting his thirty, he takes and twenty. He, and he and he knows that he's getting less money than Stephen Adams. Than Stephen Adams, Ooh. they're still like almost forty million dollars over the wow. cap. They're thirty-seven million dollars over wow. the cap if he takes twenty, right? Uh, like there may be something in Carmelo's heart changes. Nope. And he's, no, but I really, yeah, I know. Never I, know. I just, it, it's not going to happen. <laughs> he, I mean, his whole thing is that he's like a businessman and he's always been in this for his money, like to get his money. Right. So, um, I really don't see that happening. So, and, and he still has the no trade clause. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you're right. So he would have to waive his no trade clause for them to trade him and then who the hell is going to take that money like no one's going to take on that contract real quick real quick shout out to phil jackson for potentially bringing paul george to the lakers yeah it was the long game <laughs> genie with the with the inception well played genie um so like he would have to waive his no trade clause and then no team is going to take on carmelo anthony for 28 million dollars right so to to for them to move Carmelo, they'd have to like, I, I mean, they would have to trade. They would have to send Stephen Adams and a and a pick probably, mm-hmm. 
And even then, that team is taking on $50 million in salary. And no team has $50 million in cap space except the Lakers. And obviously, we're not going to do that. Yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm really starting to look at this and say, how do, how do they do this? There are always ways, right? There's always ways mm-hmm. to, to, to make things like this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's also a matter of, like, if you're Paul George or you're Paul George's agent... Mm-hmm. And you're interested in winning. Paul George, Andre Robertson, Stephen Adams, mm-hmm. and Russell Westbrook, who would be making $38 million, right? They're at uh, $100 million, again, between those four players. Oh my gosh. Between Roberson, Adams, Westbrook, and George, yeah. they would be at $100 million. So you look around and it's like, we're, they're going to be the Clippers, right? They're yeah. going to have yeah. these great starters and they're never going to have a fifth starter and they're never going to have a great bench. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why you sign up for that team. Nope. And I, so, and I, think, I think Paul George, uh, who, is, who bought a house last offseason next door to Vince Scully, He's got this palatial mansion in the valley um, that's, you know, tennis court, swimming pool, bajillion rooms, everything you could possibly want, especially if you're playing in Los Angeles. Right, that's where he's going to be when he makes his decision, right? He's going to go home yeah, to, LA, to L.A. And he's going to be sitting there being like, so I could stay here <laughs> and they'll pay me all my money and there'll be young talent around me. Or I could leave this beautiful oasis I've created for myself in one of the best places in the world. Probably be asked to take a pay cut so that Carmelo can make $28 million next year and make less than Stephen Adams. And have to play with Carmelo again. (laughs) I just... I just don't. I don't. I just don't see yeah. it. I don't see how it's. I don't see how it's going to work. He was also talking in an interview uh, that his next move, he kind of wants it to be it. He wants to be the next team that he heads to. He wants that to be his team for pretty much the rest of his career. He doesn't want to be a guy that's bouncing around. He doesn't want to pull an IT. Yeah. Like who would? Yeah. Who would? No, and I, I the surest thing so would be I to just... sign that long-term max at a team that can handle it. That, that can build around yep. you. Yep. It makes yep. more and more sense. Yeah. Every day. Yeah, so I don't know. I just, I, I could, you know, obviously I could be wrong. I'm, I'm wrong plenty on this podcast, but uh, I just don't see. I just don't see how it happens. Mm-hmm. There's always ways, right? Teams are pull off crazy stuff, mm-hmm. but we want. It just Paul. seems very. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I mean, it just seems odd, and and it seems like they would have to give up. The the Thunder would have to give away so much of their future mm-hmm. for someone to take on one of these big contracts. Yes. And then that's just going to leave whoever stays in a bad situation in the future. So I, I don't know. I hope that he's being well advised on this matter and that he's looking at it himself and realizing what the landscape looks yeah. like. And I, and I um, hope that they go down spectacularly in the playoffs. I hope they lose to the Timberwolves. Yeah, exactly. Like a five game. get swept by yeah. the Timberwolves. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, that would be great. Oh, that would make me so happy. Especially if like Carmelo missed every game winner. Like somehow the ball found, like ended up in his hands, chokes it from mid range. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So that's it for Moneyball. We've got one last segment. This is a new one. Uh, we're going to call this seg- segment Adam, you silver tongued devil. 
So, Luke, I say that because I don't know what it is about Adam Silver, but he just has a way of saying exactly what the fans want to hear. <laughs> He's the anti I don't know how he does it. But every time, every time people are like, mm, like, this needs to change or that needs to change, like, he just says it. It's really refreshing. He's unlike any other, honestly, like leader that I'm that I can think of in in the professional world where he just openly says, "Yeah, we're considering these changes," mm-hmm. and people love him for mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah. So, Adam, you silver tongued devil, mm-hmm. he has said that the league is considering a one through sixteen seeding, but it's a little bit of a compromise. Because it'll still be of the best eight teams from each conference. So what he is proposing is essentially like everything stays the same. But instead of there being eight and eight, Mm -hmm. it's one through 16. And like the top two seeds could both be from the West. Yeah. Right. And this is is to fix a situation where the two best teams are in the same conference. And we would like to see those teams in the in the championship. Mm-hmm. So, I guess my thought is one: I, I I again applaud Adam Silver as always for being willing to to consider new things for the NBA. What are your thoughts about this specific iteration of the one through sixteen seed? I don't know. I I think I think you kind of got to go all the way if you're going to do that. If you're going to have it be where the top two Western Conference teams can go head to head in the NBA Finals you're basically taking away the conferences. And so it's like, might as well just go all the way and do that. As a Lakers fan, we wouldn't care. We don't hang those Western Conference Finals banners. That's not what we play for. So Championship or bust. And and think about how many times in the the, uh, early Kobe Shaq years, how it really was Western Conference, and then you just win. That's why the Detroit Pistons yeah. beating us in 2004 was such a shock. It's like, right. what? The Eastern Conference can Whoa. actually... It was like, wait, but we already won. <laughs> know, exactly. What are you talking about? This is the, this is the bonus round. Um, yeah, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm into it. I think it's great, but like, I think you got to punish the East if, if we're yes. going to do this. Yeah, the problem with this is that the East still gets an unfair advantage. Yeah. They still get eight teams in the playoffs, despite the fact that, they're, that their conference is not as strong. Yeah, I'm totally with you. So I, I love the idea of 1 through 16 seeding, but it has to come with uh, an elimination of the conferences and a shortening of the schedule. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, like, there are a number of ways you could do, there are a number of ways you could do it. People will throw around lots of numbers. But the point is, like, you could basically cut around 10 games. Yeah. Rearrange the schedule so that you basically play every team the same amount of times. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you do kind of a, a, a National Football League style kind of rotating mm-hmm. divisions, right? Where it's like you're going to play everyone twice, and then you'll play a rotating set of teams three times. Something like that, um, where no particular... Team gets an advantage year after year after year after year, and I still I still think that you can uh, maintain the divisions without having the conferences. So like like yeah. uh, Lakers uh, Pacific Southwest like still will probably have more games against the Suns and the Clippers and the Kings and the Warriors, um, and the yes. same thing with any other team in their their various divisions. But yeah, the, this whole uh, and there's there's that unfair advantage for the East, not just in the fact that they can get eight teams into the to the um, final or into the playoffs. They also have the unfair advantage of having getting getting 
the opportunity to play against lower talent day in and day out and inflate yes. your record in, in a way that like if the Lakers were in the East playing against lesser talent with an easier path to the playoffs, we probably would be a seventh or eighth seed right now. Yeah. Well, and then also when they get to the playoffs, like LeBron doesn't have to play the eighth seed in the West. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, he gets to play like a below 500 team. Right. And you inflate know, his own numbers. So, people, people forget yeah. about that when, when they talk about LeBron's numbers. It's like, think about, think about the, the quality of play and the path that he's had to the finals. It was not nearly the same for Michael or Kobe to get to the finals every year, at least to my yeah. eye. It, at least, yeah. I mean, especially not the last few yeah. years. Early, earlier in his career, like they, there were some better teams. I but missed that, man. That was fun. When the Celtics and the Magic I, were actually good. I do too. I mean, I, I think that the league has been heading in this direction for a while, yeah. right? The, the initial change was when they eliminated the requirement to win, like the division winner would make the playoffs, mm -hmm. right? That was a great change. <clears throat> and they just said, no, just the best eight teams, yeah. regardless of division. Yeah. Um, or sorry, regardless of division. Irregardless isn't, shouldn't ever really be a word. Um, but it sounds smart. It does, but it's not when you actually think about what it means. Um, so uh, that was a great change, and I think this is the next next version of that, yeah. right? Like I, to me, like conferences, um, conferences are a remnant in the past in the same way that waiting two months after the election for the inauguration of the president is a remnant of the past, right? We did it because it took forever to take a carriage from Virginia or wherever you lived to, you know. <laughs> From Virginia all the way to D.C. <laughs> well, I was going to say to, to, yeah, I mean, I was going to say to to New York, yeah, yeah, right? Because yeah. it was, the capital was there for a little while, right? Um, I know, as soon as I said, I was like, Virginia to Virginia. Uh, man, not my best moment. Uh, uh, irregardless of consequence. Irregardless. Um, but my point is, is like these conferences, I think, are a remnant of a time when, Cross-country travel was way more difficult, mm -hmm. and it was more taxing. And back-to-backs are still tough, right? Yeah. Like, we should always reduce the number of back-to-backs. We should always try to reduce the amount of travel. Um, but it's not what it used to be. It's mm -hmm. it's not as hard as it used to be. Mm -hmm. It's it, these teams have these chartered planes that are more comfortable. They've got great nutrition, great training staffs, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Everything is set up for them to be able to handle it now. Yeah, you've got business people in this country who, who fly cross country every day, mm -hmm. right? There are consultants who fly from LA to Chicago four days a week, yeah. you know, um, and they're still working 80 hour weeks and, and performing at a high level in their careers. Obviously it's not physically demanding. I get that. Um, but I think with some, with some care and some intentionality, the league could arrange a schedule mm -hmm. in such a way that you really don't need these conferences anymore yeah. and just let the teams play and let the best 16 teams duke it out the championship right. and there's there are already some weird teams that are like technically on the eastern half of the con uh country that are in the western conference so it's like yeah like like new orleans, like new orleans. Like new orleans. or uh or yeah. memphis or uh oklahoma city or it's just timberwolves yeah um so yeah. It's, it, like it really wouldn't change that much and especially if you're if you were reducing the season down to around 70 72 games um, you'd be able to eliminate some of those back-to-backs. You'd be able to have road trips that aren't like frenetically paced. And uh, 
I don't think it would hurt these teams that much. And I think they would enjoy playing uh, the the lesser talent. And, and it'd be fun, too, because you, you get more film and more opportunity to see um, like every permutation of the league instead of just having two a year. Like, I, I want to see the, the Cavs play the Warriors more often. Like, I don't want to just see that twice and then in the finals. Like, yep. give me four or five. I don't know. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you there. Um, but yeah, I think it's got to be total elimination of the conferences and then a shortening of the schedule a little bit to, to make up for some of the extra travel. Yeah. yeah. Right? I think going halfway is just like, what's really the point? What's really the point? Just to just like yeah. do the idea that everyone's talking about. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way about half measures that Walt White does. Huh. Great episode. <laughs> well, thank you to all of our followers. We really appreciate you tuning in and uh, listening to us break down our Lonzo Island coaches corner, uh, the Thunder's money situation, um, and uh, reseeding the entire league. Um, please subscribe to our pod for more more of these hot takes on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, many others. And you can check us out on social media by finding all of our links at www.lukewaltontalkslakers.com. Thanks for, uh, for talking with me, John. Really appreciate it on this, this early morning. It's always fun. I'm very excited to get Lonzo back oh, this week. Me too. Very me excited too. to finally have him it's back. It's going to be so much more fun to watch. It's been a long time after what was supposed to be a really minor yes, injury. Yes, exactly. And I'm excited to see him play with Kuzma again um, and see how he interacts with Josh Hart now that Hart has kind of evolved as a player. Um, did you actually did you see uh, Kuzma making fun of Alonzo's uh, rap career? Called him a kid's bop rapper? Yes, yes, yes. Kill yeah. me. I, I, I hope that, that, that these type of slights remain friendly. <laughs> Because I could totally see like a like a, a situation four years from now, yeah. right? When like they actually hate each other, uh-huh. and uh, I, I don't think that's yeah. gonna happen. It, but it gets brought like, up. This is definitely like, yeah, like this is definitely like the the foundation of something like that, yeah. right? Where Mons was like, "You never believed in me. You called me a kids' bop rapper." <laughs> uh. Kuzma's like, "Man, I grew up without clean water." <laughs> right, you grew up with a with a dad who was trying to create an empire. Right? Don't, yeah. don't I have the I have every right in the world to call you a kids bop rapper. Any kind of is. Uh, I I want to. That's that's one of my goals in my career is to produce a like really hard like Nigo sounding uh, uh, Lonzo Ball rap record. That's like it's up there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna speak that one into existence if that ever works out go. that'll be that'll be our new theme song if that ever works out you follow you follow your dreams luke <laughs> have a unique path thanks for joining in guys uh and uh Take we'll care. talk to you on the next time and hopefully we'll uh, have something more substantive to say about isaiah thomas <laughs> don't get ejected again oh god i know we gotta see a full game all right take care john bye